Hi everybody, this is Francisco here, and I am doing a thing here. And logging into the audio journal, I'm driving over to my parents' and sister's place out north to celebrate the holiday weekend, birthday as well. Not my birthday, mother's birthday. And it'd be good to see the family again. I haven't seen them in a couple weeks. Just uh, doing my thing. And I'm kind of psyched a little bit about the things that I've been going through right now. Uh, and, and the way that I'm handling it, that's that's really the, the encouraging thing. Like, like yesterday I went on a date with somebody, but they didn't really see me. Like that, you know, and see if we could go forward. But honestly, like, I was kind of not really that into this person anyways. Just kind of went on the date to say something fun, friendly, whatever. And I uh, had some good food. I'll tell you that much. Had some good food. That was, that's kind of like what I'm taking out of it right now. And it's, like, I got rejected, but I really wasn't scathed by it and I'm like okay cool beans no problem and that's it so for me the way that I'm handling that it's just been good it's better than when I tried to go on dates a couple of well it's almost a couple months back now and I was not even close to being ready to do that and just wasn't good at all. I, I'm, I was still way too broken to be doing that. And even now, even now if I happen to go on a date or plan something like that, then like I'm not really looking for or desperate to find someone, you know? That's that's kind of been the market change that I've made is that I'm not feeling this sense of loneliness that I just was feeling a while ago. It's not there. I, I'm perfectly okay with. All right, cool. That's that's fine, and then just kind of move on from there. And. That's huge for me. It's, it's huge for, for anybody that's trying to get over anybody. Is where you can kind of take those lumps and be like, all right. <laughs> and then you just go on like, oh, well, I mean, uh, still got to go to work and still got friends and still got all these other things. And we go to sleep the next, uh, so we're going to sleep well tonight, you know. So that's that's just been one of just some of the, the, the this feeling that I'm, I'm feeling is is good. I feel good. I feel content again. And I guess this pursuit of happiness is really uh, there's one of. There was this video I just watched, and it kind of just got me going to make this audio journal right now. 
where Viktor Frankl, who was a psychiatrist that was in a concentration camp during World War II, and he was living under those horrible conditions and seeing people the way they were going about their things, and he and he made it seem like that he, he said that happiness isn't something that you pursue it's something that ensues meaning you're not chasing after happiness because you shouldn't be chasing after it if happiness comes then it comes and once you have it then it's just about trying to keep it around as long as possible let it continue it's, it's something that is achieved when it's when it's achieved and you're not trying to make it happen you're not trying to make yourself happy you just when it happens think of it like a pleasant surprise and that's another change in my thinking that I am trying to make the same thing with success he said the same thing about success success isn't something you're trying to chase after or pursue it just happens as long as you keep plugging away and doing what you're doing it'll happen you're not trying to make it happen it's just something that happens it's almost like when you when you just try too hard it's like just trying too hard trying to push and push and push just not working to so think of it as a like a sports analogy Think of it like baseball. Like baseball, you just try and when you're when you're up to bat, you're not trying to mash home runs every single time you're up there. You're just trying to get a good swing and, and hit the thing and see what happens. And and that's really the important thing is to just not try to hit a home run because when, when you're trying to hit a home run you might be over swinging swinging too hard swinging at things you probably shouldn't be swinging at not really watching the ball not really going up there with any game plan like you know maybe maybe a base hit would be better than than a home run and that type of thing maybe it's just better to let's put on a good swing and hopefully i get the bat on the ball and it finds a hole someplace and that's kind of the same thing with happiness and success. And a lot of people are fixated on getting it, but that fixation and then a possible disappointment or failure will lead to despair, depression. The, the fact that things didn't go the way that you thought they would go. And I've been learning that, that things aren't going to go the way I think they're going to go. And there's, a lot of times, there's very little control or no control at all with that. You just don't have control over certain situations at certain points you just 
You're out of options. You're out of options. You just can't win. Or you can't get what you want to get. It's... Yeah, I guess another analogy. When I play Super Smash Brothers Ultimate on my Switch, I play... I play the the online tournaments. That's basically all I just play. And there's the one-on-one tournaments, which are you versus the other player, no items, flat surface stage, and you're just going at it for, I think, what, three minutes? Three three minutes or so just to, to, to take out your two lives, and that's it. And... I, I, I manage on my own pretty well. I think I can. I usually win at least the first round. But and, but once you get deeper into the rounds, it's usually around four, maybe five rounds that you have to go through in order to make it to the to 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 a, to a victory. Once I get down to some of these really really good players that have played much longer than me. At this particular game, not you know, so I might be older than a lot of them, but they've been playing this particular game much more than I have because I need to work and I can't dedicate my life to Super Smash Brothers. And I will just be facing some people that are just relentless, ruthless. I can't beat them. There was a player. Uh, and it's usually nest players. I play a snake as a main. And these nest players, if they really know what they're doing, they negate me completely. Like, I can't figure out how to beat them. And there, there are some points in the match where mid-match, I, I kind of do a gesture to acknowledge the fact that, okay, this guy's better than me. And I'm acknowledging, like, oh, you're good. And they acknowledge it, too. And they're like... And I realize, wow, there is nothing I can do here unless I get lucky and they just make a mistake and, and I capitalize or, or something or they just make a mistake for themselves and they kill themselves in a way. Like, I'm not going to win the game. I'm just not. And there's no reason to be frustrated from there. There's no reason to worry. Like, man, I just really suck at Smash Brothers and then quit and all that stuff. No, it's just, this isn't happening. <laughs> it's just not happening. I am not as good as these players. And I just resigned myself to, oh, not going to let that affect me. And, yeah, it's a very low-stakes thing with the Super Smash Brothers compared to real life, but... It's those little things that can affect you because you see it online. People rage quit. People get angry. People let these things affect them. And you you just kind of need to take it easy. And look, if you play long enough, oh, sure, you might get better and you might start to see more victories and win more tournaments and things like that. But... But for me, well, I think I've only won like three one-on-one tournaments since Smash Brothers Ultimate came out, and and that's it. That's all I've been able to win. And I've played countless other times, and I just can't. 
you know, just people way, way too much better than me. But just there's no control over that situation. I just can't do it. I don't have the means or circumstances to do that. And, and once somebody's better than me and I can't win, I just can't win. And now with life, rejection is a thing that I am going to be trying to immerse myself in. Because once I get to the point where I really want to date and I would really like to find another human woman that, and I say human woman because I, you got to sift through all the bots, another hu, uh, human woman, and I also say human woman because you got to sift through all the men that are portraying women in order to get your credit card number. <laughs> you, you just go through all of that. And once I'm ready to date another human woman, uh, I'm going to have to deal with the fact that some of them really, really, really may not want to be near me or with me or may not have liked me. And one of them, I went uh, on uh, and just no clicks whatsoever. Just like this person was boring to me and maybe I was boring to her, but just no way. And then yesterday, I mean, we talked, had a good conversation, whatever, good food. But, yeah, there wasn't really any clicks there. Just kind of, and I don't know if my intentions were the same for yesterday, to be honest. So, so she was looking for something else. I was looking for something else. It was just just not going to go. So, so there was that. And then there was one person who I thought I clicked with very well, but she was going through a post-breakup thing, and she thought she was ready, and she wasn't. And I wasn't either. So, just, I'm going to have to take my licks, get my knocks, and I can't let that be frustrating to me at all at all. I can't let that affect me. It's not going to be good for me if I four, five, six months from now and and maybe I'm still single and I'm just like, oh, no woman's ever going to love me. This is, this is impossible. There's nobody in this world for me. It's just like, at that point, it's it's lost there. The whole point of my therapy and all that stuff has been lost if that is the way that I think. And I can't think that way. It's I, Because then I'm facing my inner peace, my equilibrium, on an outside circumstance. I'm basing it on someone else coming into my life and making things better for me. Rather than me, just being me and making things better for myself. Like, right now, I want to be good with my job. I want to be good with my health. And I want to find my home. That is it. Those are the three things that I... I am focusing on to make myself 
better. And when I say health, it's both my physical health and my mental health. Those are the things I care about right now. And if I take care of those things, then happiness will come. It will. I, I just can't force it to come. It just has to come. And maybe maybe the day it does, I won't even realize it. I'll just feel it and I won't even be cognizant of it. Or maybe I will be. I'm not sure. I, I write in my journal so and I do this. So I am trying to be cognizant of, be aware of my thoughts and my feelings. Um, that's been the things that I've been doing to to make myself get better and grow as a person. And people say pain, uh, pain, I think it was a pain plus, I guess pain plus awareness or cognizance or something equals growth. Like basically, once you, if you're experiencing pain, you're, you're going through this anguish going through this anguish of a mental mental pain and you're aware of it and you 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 are honest about it about what you're feeling then you can grow as a person because a lot of people they try to avoid pain as much as possible I think everybody does that you know, nobody wants to be in pain uh, mental pain. Uh, I'm not talking about physical pain. Of course, you don't want to be in physical pain either. But we're going with mental pain. Nobody wants to be in that in that mindset at all. But when it does happen, you need to figure out a way to avoid letting suffering be endless. And part of that is just being aware of your feelings. People, a lot of people try to avert themselves of it through distractions, vices, um, uh, sex, drugs, um, and I mean, just distractions. Because it's, it's, you can throw yourself into something that isn't really productive, like like me. I was a coward. I was experiencing. I was I was doing cowardice, which is one of the vices, by throwing myself into video games and oh, just focusing on the podcast that I have with my friends and sports, and I wasn't really engaging with anything of priority in my life, my relationship, uh, my relationship with my family, and uh, my job, and my health, my physical and mental health, all of that was being avoided. I was, I was just too scared to deal with it, confronted. And I finally was confronted with something that I couldn't avoid. It was eating at me. I was finally confronted with something that 
there was no way I could hide from it because it was so significant to me that none of the things that I did to avoid issues and problems and dealing with it head on. I didn't want to play video games. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to sleep. I was just gone. I was just not able to function. And that was where I just couldn't I couldn't do it. I couldn't keep doing it no matter what I tried to do to prop myself up through friends and family and things like that and trying to make it work as a friend with my ex and stuff like that and like all of that didn't work because it wasn't dealing with the issue at hand the big thing that was underlying in me and I was I was going to take everything down with me. It was going to take me down if I didn't stop. I wasn't able to stop. I was falling deeper and deeper into this hole, into this darkness that I I couldn't see any light. And then I finally was brave enough to acknowledge the fact that I I really needed to get someone, a professional, someone who did this for a living to help me out. And that that was the biggest thing that has happened to me in my life in a long time. It was absolutely positively eye-opening, world-opening, mind-blowing, and and I know I repeat myself in all of these in, in a way, but it's because you have to, you have to keep repeating yourself these same things that, that you just, you're learning, that I was learning. Because even the greats repeat this to themselves. Marcus Aurelius, if you read the meditations, he repeats himself all of the time. All of the time. He harps on a lot of the same things because he's trying to etch it into his brain. And he did that all the way up to the end of his life. He did that all the way up to the end of his life. So it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. You just keep doing this. One, I, I, w- I was in a, uh, a seminar that I did this week for the, uh, uh, the Florida Bar. It was uh, about mindful lawyers. I'm an attorney, I'm a lawyer, and the job is stressful. It is absolutely positively stressful. And the job is so stressful that it 
it doesn't help when you have other circumstances swirling around you. And my underlying issues wasn't just tied to to my romantic relationship. It was it was me. It was me and me in every situation, whether I'm watching a baseball game or I'm in court trying to defend somebody from being deported. All of that, like I'm carrying myself through that. I can't escape me. I can't escape me. And there's only so much that I can do to put on an act, put on a show. There's only so much you can do. Your, your real self eventually does come out because you just can't sustain that. So, for me, I, I, I that listening to the mindful lawyer and this woman who who does this for a living, she she hosts these seminars. She uh, talks about how to be a better lawyer or actually just uh, how to deal with stress and, and that type of thing and and, and, your, and being aware of your mental health just because you need to do it because if not it's going to break you there was an article that uh, another lawyer on Twitter tweeted out that, I mean, like, there are a ton of lawyers out there that are depressed, that are depressed. They are depressed, overworked, burnt out, going through mental issues. And the job does not help because for a lot of things, people, fellow attorneys, judges, staff, tons of people are expecting perfection out of you. Perfection. The profession, the profession itself almost expects profession out of you. Or perfection, sorry, out of you. Like you can't you can't make an innocent mistake. Some judges will Literally, if you get one little thing wrong with even just the formatting of your filings, they will reject it and send it back and be like, you got to do this all over again. Just send it back the way it's supposed to be. It's like, my God, dude, who stuck a broom up your ass? Like, there's no, there's no chill <laughs> whatsoever with a lot of these, these people. Well, this is not. And that's stressful for a lot of people. That's stressful. It, it, it gets to you. And it's, I, after all of this, I've realized, man, I let that get to me in the past. Even when I wasn't really, I wasn't thinking about it, but it was happening to me. And it was affecting relationships and things like that. And, and yeah, it sucks coming home tired and you don't want to do anything. And 
and that will affect your outside relationships with friends and family. Look, I, like, I thought I would be hanging out with a bunch of friends and stuff. I mean, the pandemic doesn't help, but, but after law school, and everybody's working their butts off because the first few years, the law firms that hire you, they're just absolutely positively on you. Or if you're starting a practice yourself, uh, affirm yourself, you got to hustle in order to build up the clientele, build up your, your reputation, build up the work. And it's, it's hard. It is hard. And a lot of lawyers just don't take the time to think about their mental health. And now I am. When I'm at work now, and I'm getting a lot of work done now, like I'm actually being productive at work. I'm, I'm doing at least something productive where I can leave at the end of the day and be like, I did good. I did something. I did, I did what I needed to do, and there's nothing else left, and I can finish the rest tomorrow. Like, like you, when I'm at work, I will, at times, I'll put on, there, there's a, a, I guess a YouTube channel, I think it's called Everyday Stoic, I think that's what it's called, but they, they have a lot of videos which are just stoic quotes, or quotes that kind of echo the values of stoicism or uh, just, just kind of inspirational kind of pick-me-ups that that they, they go through and I put them on and as I'm doing my work there it's, it's one thing after another like for me it's, sometimes music doesn't help me when I'm I'm doing work like, uh, sometimes it's complete silence but but even complete silence like I, I, that might make me want to check Twitter and things like that and I like I'm trying to f- it's always a balance to try and fight procrastination, but but with the quotes, the quotes kind of there's there's not there's like a either there's a fake music behind it, so it's not it's not grading, it's not something you'll be focusing on. You just hear the quote, and the quote is said. There's like a brief like five second pause or so for you to kind of reflect on it, and then it goes to the next one. So you're hearing these quotes, and some of them are basically trying to tell you keep going, do whatever, do what you got to do. And you just can't feel lazy when you're hearing that stuff. So I am trying to practice what I'm preaching. And this seminar that I did yesterday was very, very, very good. Just, and it was very good because what this woman that was presenting it was talking about were all of the things that I learned in therapy. It's amazing. It's the things that were being echoed. Echoed and that I, I, I was looking at it like, yes, yes, that's the thing. That's the thing I learned. Oh, wow, cool. Like, I... I, I, I got genuinely excited 
about it. Even like the video that I listened to today, uh, before I did this, there was there was a a quote from Viktor Frankl, and I guess Maya Angelou also said the same thing. Like when you when you're met with a circumstance or a situation where you are where you have there's, you have no control. You have no control over it. You have no influence over the situation. You've, you just, you can't change it. You can't change what's happening to you. It is the opportunity for you to grow, to become a better person. Because you have to learn to adapt from there. What are you going to do? Are you going to fold? But how are you like, and you have to think about are you going to fold? Or are you going to succumb to this? Are you going to let it affect you? Because there's different ways of, of viewing that type of situation. Like the, the ending of this relationship, the, the thing, the, the catalyst of, of my, my depression catalyst it was the straw that broke the camel's back there was just there were other things all the things that kind of piled on and that's what broke me finally but I had to learn that I had no control and I had to accept that I had no control I had to accept it and once I accepted it, then I had to realize that I still had options for myself. I had no other options with her. It was done. But I had options for myself. What do I do? Do I just... Uh, do I keep going the way I'm going? Because if I do that way, then I'm just... I'm going to... I'm driving myself nuts. I'm going to starve myself to death. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to, like, it's all going to go down if I, just, if I just keep going and dwelling and just let that kill me. Or do I work? Do I work on this thing to fix myself? Do I grow from here? Do I figure out what's going on and how do I not let this happen to me again? Because the darkness that I felt, how deep I was going, I I didn't want to feel that ever again. I I never want to feel the way that I did ever again in my life, ever, 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 like never, ever, ever, it doesn't matter what happens to me, it doesn't matter what happens to me, I want to make sure that whatever tragedy comes to my life, and there will be tragedies that's another thing I gotta learn because I've been very fortunate in my life that I've 
I've lived a very fortunate life thus far. There have been very little moments of pain for me. And relative to other people, it's not that huge. Relative to other people, the things that I've felt aren't really that big. But things will come. My parents are going to die. It's going to happen. It will happen. I love both of them. And it's going to happen one day. And when those days happen, I'm going to grieve and I'm going to absolutely be devastated. But I'm going to have to find a way to not let that completely derail my life. Because that is much worse than what I just experienced right now. And what I, if what I just experienced right now with losing this woman who I, what I, I thought I could spend a life with, if, if, that's, if that's how far that took me down when I didn't know how to handle it, what would have happened with something more serious? And that's, that can't happen. That cannot happen, and I, I've i worked very, very hard. I'm still working, and it's still a practice. It's one of the things that lady in the seminar said. This is practice. You have to keep doing this. It's not like you do it, and then you're like, well, I feel better now. <laughs> hey there, everybody. It's Sonic the Hedgehog, and things are okay. No, 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 no. No, you keep going. You keep doing the things. You keep... You keep practicing the lessons that that you are learning, that I am learning, that I, I have to keep saying, I, I can't take everything personally. That's one. I can't catastrophize things. I can't make mountains out of molehills, making a situation that's bigger than what it is I can't keep thinking of my life as just an ex a bunch of external things that are affecting me and thus I have no control over myself no I need to figure I need to realize I have control over myself I have an internal locus of control and I can make things happen for myself I can make myself feel better about life. That's what I can do. And I can try and position myself in circumstances that can yield success, yield happiness, without trying too hard, without trying to force it to happen, but just doing what I need to do. I gotta let me do me. And finally, I have to realize that Yes, I have control over myself, but, and I can influence outside circumstances. I can maybe persuade other human beings to do things that I feel are favorable to me, but I can't control things outside of me like that.
I can't make another human being like me if they don't really want to like me. I just can't do it. I can't do it. It's it's something that I you just you gotta realize. You have very little control or none at all with a lot of situations out there. And all the best that you can do is put yourself in situations that and prepare yourself to try and yield that success, yield those things that you want to get done. Um, like the, the Florida bar exam for me to get my license as a lawyer. I was going through a lot of not only stress from studying, but stress from the relationship that I had with her. Because that was one of our, our our big fights, and we and and she just didn't talk to me, and she didn't understand what I was going through, and I didn't see it from her side either. And I was devastated, absolutely devastated. But I kept plugging away at studying, even though it didn't seem like I, it didn't seem like I was in a state where I could keep doing that, but I wanted to succeed, or I wanted to do all I could because I was, I was like, look, I'm going to be 30 years old. I don't want to do this test again. I don't want to postpone it while everybody else that I know is 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 out getting jobs. Like I, I was thinking of those, all these outside circumstances, but I really, really wanted to do it for myself. Like I can't. I gotta do this now. This is. I gotta do this once and let it be done. And for the longest time, I did that and I passed and I thought that the fact that I passed, I, I didn't know how I, was, how I did it. That's what I would always say. I'm like, I don't know how I pulled that off. Because of all of the things that I was going through mentally and the way that I actually took that exam six hours on the first day, I only had one hour of sleep that night before and then Another six hours the next day, maybe two or three more hours of sleep. I'm not sure. And, like, I was just absolutely... I, I didn't know how I made it through those, those, those two days in Tampa. I didn't know how I did it. And... When I relayed that to the doctor, he shifted it back to me and said, you did that. You took control of the situation that you could handle. You studied your butt off because you are a smart person and you passed that exam because you did that. Nobody else 
did that. You're the one that sat down and put in those hours every day for months to do that. And I see it now like that. I, I put in that work. And I put in that work. And once I had finished that exam and it was off to the person that was grading it, From there, the control was out of my hands. And as an attorney now, I'm taking that and I'm utilizing it in my own job. Like when I do a case and I'm arguing and I'm, and I'm preparing a client now for, for court and I'm telling them about the process and I'm telling them about what we're going to do, I don't guarantee... Like, as an attorney, and no attorney should do this, no attorney should guarantee that we're going to get you certain things, that you're going to get your clients certain things, okay? You're going to do your best to, you know, make it happen, but you shouldn't, like, you shouldn't guarantee things you shouldn't be guaranteeing, you know? Not writing ch uh, checks that your butt can't cash. And what I was doing what I do now is when I prep clients, I tell them all about what's going to happen, what's going to go down, what the process is like, what I'm going to do, what they're going to do, what the other people are going to do in the, in the case. And I always tell them, look, our goal in the end is for you to be able to tell your entire story. And by the end of it, there's nothing left for you to say. We've said all that we can. We've put, we've put it all out there on the line, 100%. That's it. There's nothing more that you that we can take out of you to and, and we put it all out there. We put it all out there. And then from there, it's in the hands of the judge. I think of it that way now. I think, look, we're gonna do what we can that's within our control. This is all that we can do. I'm going to ask you every single question that I need to ask you. I'm going to try and help you as much as I can with regards to that. Try and get you to say your entire storyline. I'm going to put in a closing argument that will say all that I that I, I feel like needs to be said in order to, 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 to try and convince the judge of our side of, of your case. But then from there... I just have to be, I just have to be okay with myself to think, well, I did all I could do. I've done a hundred percent of what I can do and it's up to the judge. It's up to the judge. From there, I don't have control. I've done the best that I could to influence and persuade and then but I don't control the mind of that other human being. And they will come to their conclusions and make their choice. And that's, that's what I am trying to live by. Um, Cause then from, from there, it's, it's just to try and avoid that sort of despair of endless worry, you know?
despair and endless worry where 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 you're just on pins and needles about a given situation like for me like with the home like I've I've done pretty much all I can with regards to the home I've sent whatever information I uh, and whenever they ask for something new I try and get it as soon as possible but once I do that and I'm just sitting there waiting for the next thing there's not much else I can do and I can't just sit there and worry about it and just be like, oh, oh no, what's going to happen? What if this happens? What if that happens? And you can, you can be like that all day. You could be sitting there like, what if this happens? What if that happens? And the human mind, and I've, 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 there's plenty of quotes about this, is that we, a lot of times we spend ourselves more in agony of things that don't exist, imaginary things that we put in our head as to uh, all these tragedies that could happen rather than the given situation. Like, some people are so worried about losing another person or losing their things that you don't get to enjoy it as much when you have it, you're not in the present. You're just dwelling on things that haven't really happened. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't prepare yourself for bad things to happen. Yes, you know, like like if you have kids. If you have kids, you're going to worry about your kids. You're going to be worried like... Like, hey, man, uh, you know, if they're they're outside playing, you're gonna be you're gonna be thinking about, well, I mean, what if they fall down and and, and maybe they, they hurt their leg, they might break their leg or something if they fall down from the playground or something. Like, you can worry about that stuff. And you try and prevent it as much as possible. Hey, you know, don't get too rowdy. Be careful when you're up there and all that stuff. But there's only so much you can do. But, yeah, you try and do what you can to prevent uh, bad things from happening, yes. You know, it's not like you you just kind of live your life like, ah, YOLO and, ah, you know, <laughs> life is like that. It's just like, okay, yeah, sure, but you should probably uh, turn off the, uh, you should probably not let, light a, a, a candle near the, ga- the gas oven, you know, just like you still got to do your thing to be careful and you still got to make sure hey you know let's make sure the stove is off before I I, I leave the home you know you still got to worry about certain things but it's it's the endless worrying it's the worrying about about things that are that are way too far-fetched or not even far-fetched but just things that are that 
that you shouldn't really dwell on yet because it hasn't happened. And if if you're so worried about it, then then do what you can to mitigate it, to mitigate that from happening. And if it does happen, then then just remember that it's it's not. It, it, you can get through it. Well, anyways, I think that's it for this journal entry. Um, it's a lot of things that I, I went through, but uh, I, I'm feeling good. And I hope whoever listens to this and might be going through hardships and stuff like that, uh, it sounds like I'm I'm doing good, and I am, but I still have my moments. And... It'll take some time for that to go away. But I urge you all to be patient with it too. Because this doesn't just stop once you feel better. You got to keep it going. So that... So that the next time something bad does happen, you're already... like The tools that you, you've, you've utilized... So far, like all of those tools are sharp. Those are all the lessons that you've learned. You you are you you're you're you've 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 prepared yourself for that moment, right? It's like a like an Olympian. Olympian practices and practices and practices, and you practice so much, but then you get to the moment that you were preparing for, and you see how well you can execute from there. So thanks, everybody. Take care and hope you all are doing well. And and we're, we're all going to get through it. Don't worry.